0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the I Hear Design podcast. I am Robert Nieminen, Chief Content Director of Interiors and Sources, and I'm really excited for today's broadcast because I have with me today Brandon Carmichael, Mark Starling, and John Higgs from Corrigan's Media Lab. Guys, it's great to have you on. Thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having us. Thanks. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah. So uh, to set up our conversation for today, uh, I'll give our listeners a quick backstory on our recent partnership. So For everyone out there, uh, earlier this year, before the pandemic sent us all into lockdown and working from home, uh, we at Interiors and Sources have been talking to uh, Corrigan about doing something uh, with VR, 3D technology, something really cool, and we had some great discussions about uh, a few possibilities. And then we decided to approach uh, one of Corrigan's clients, Mannington Commercial, uh, about filming their design center in Atlanta, and creating a virtual tour of this space, which we did back in early March, I think uh, it was. And if you haven't seen it yet, uh, I urge you to check it out after this podcast by going to inspire.interiorsandsources.com VR. And if you have a VR headset, strap it on and get immersed in this space. Um, if not, not to worry, you can still have the 360 experience by watching it on your computer, smartphone, or tablet. So I had a lot of fun uh, during the filming process and it was really cool, but it was also a lot of work and more so for you guys, I think, than for me, no doubt. But uh, I wanted to have you guys on today to talk about some of the behind the scenes stuff and how you guys went about, you know, turning the footage into this amazing, you know, 3D virtual experience. But before we do that, uh, for our listeners that maybe uh, may not be familiar with Corrigan's Media Media Lab and what you do, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, like what do you guys do day in and day out?
2: Yeah, you bet. So this is John. Um, so the lab started about 23 years ago. So we've been around for quite a while now. And the, the original purpose was really went at the infancy of 3D, particularly in architectural and visualization was just to like help um, people visualize the design. And that's really where we started, but we quickly evolved into a small group of storytellers. And so really, we were about telling those stories. And as we grew, we actually got we grew with less architects and more with uh, traditional storytellers. So Brandon comes from a film uh, background and Mark comes from a commercial background. And we start taking all these people, video games and putting them all in the same room um, and coming up with really interesting and creative ways to tell stories. And so now if someone asks, uh, uh, you know, what we do,
1: we, we, we help people tell stories. So. Mark, you want to chime in or you want me to.
0: Yeah, no. uh, Yeah. This is Mark. Uh, I'm a producer in the media lab and, um, what I do is basically work with these guys, and as a team, we creatively come up with a solution, whether it be a video and animation, rendering,
1: an immersive experience. In this case, um, and
0: yeah, then Brandon.
1: Yeah. So to Mark, to Mark's point, it really is a team effort, and all of it is kind of focused around this idea of storytelling, right? Because there's a lot of different firms out there that'll have an Arcviz group that'll do renders or even animation um but uh from day 1 John's kind of um edict has been let's figure out what the why is let's figure out what the story is and then we'll figure out what the tool is to tell it and it's it's actually offered up a lot of freedom because we have these incredible resources we have you know VFX guys um that have gone on to work at the mill and the ILM and and all these really you know high end effects places um and we have you know people with hand skills we have motion graphic artists we have a, a, directors of photography. So all these different tools and artists that we can pull from and make a combination of of different mediums for whatever best serves the story. So that's, that's what I get to do. I I work with um, our other creative leads and uh, and work with uh, the producers and John to, to help tell those stories.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. And I know when we did the, uh, the Mannington shoot, Um, you know, it seemed like every little, you know, every section of the showroom that we were in felt like, you know, there was a little uh, story that we were trying to tell a narrative that was kind of running throughout. So, I mean, was when we did that filming, I mean, was the Mannington Design Center shoot, was that kind of typical of what you guys
1: do or was that project unique in some way? It was, it was really both (laughs) because it was the first time we had ever done 360s or it was, it was we had tr- we had done some test cases but it was really the first time we had done 360 video with a narrator you know interviewing people and, and talking with people which is a challenge because with 360 you can see everywhere there is no behind the camera to stage things um but it was typical in a way john i think you probably agree it's typical because that's we find ourselves doing those kinds of things all the time where it's like hey we want to go try this. We don't know if it's going to work, but we're going to give it our best and we're going to do the R and D ahead of time and then come out with something that tells a really good story. Yeah.
2: yeah I think the challenging thing for me and that, that was different because it, you know at the end of the day, it was, we were telling a story and it was using a, a newer medium than we use every day, but we're actually now with COVID, we're doing a lot more live shoots. So it was a lot more like a live shoot in the sense of we can edit like on a traditional video, we can do, 20 takes if we needed to we don't normally need to but to get the message just right but this was unique because you know we really need to do it all in one take because with 360 you just don't have the ability to cut the same way that you do in a traditional kind of 2d format so it made it more challenging for you as the host uh but you know doing these sorts of live events i think it was much more like a live event and we don't Mm -hmm. do a lot of live events, but we're doing more and more of them now because we're broadcasting out our message.
0: Right. Yeah. I thought one of the interesting things, you know, as being the host, and, and I'd never done one of these before, but what you guys were saying, like with a 360 camera, in general, when you're doing film or TV, you know, you don't want to look at the camera at all. But you guys were like telling me, no, no, you know, you want to bring, you want to look directly at the camera as if it's another person in the room. You know, so that was that was really really interesting and it was different because now that you see, you know, the the end product, it's you're standing there and it's like you feel like you're part of the conversation in that story that's being told, right? Yeah. Well, and even yeah.
2: staging, you normally only have to stage what's in front of you. But in this case, what's behind you was important too because the viewer might, um, you know, in some cases we were even pointing to it. You know, they might experience that. So it was a di- the set was definitely different than a traditional, you know, set up everything, uh, extra cameras, extra lights and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah.
1: We had, we're we had kind of a sp- – oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mark
0: i was saying we had kind of a smaller crew on this one too, because literally like Brandon was saying, there's nowhere you, you can't hide from it because <laughs> it, it sees you everywhere. So we, we scaled it down and hid in the
1: corners. Yeah. Well, and to your point about speaking of the camera, that's one of the things that we're finding more and more with immersive technologies is important mm-hmm. is kind of breaking the traditional rules of filmmaking, because we want, when you're, when you're in that environment, whether you're looking at it through a phone or a headset or in a VR environment, you want people to not feel like there's a fourth wall, like they're standing in from the outside. You want them to, if it's going to be an immersive experience, you want them to feel like they're part of it, which is why it's important. And you did a great job of it, of you kind of addressing them as a host and making them feel as if they are a part of the conversation.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks. Well, it was was a cool experience for me too. And uh, definitely want to do it again. But so uh, I think you mentioned some of the, you know, some of the technology uh, for the, for the tech geeks out there, like what kind of equipment were you guys, you know, filming it with, how does the technology work?
1: So that was a fun part because we actually did the test setups with an Insta Insta360 Pro camera that we have, which is a six-camera kind of all-in-one setup. And we've tried everything from three D printing our own rigs and stuffing them with GoPros to using like a like a a, a handheld um, the the old Thetas, which were three sixty cameras um and and we've really been impressed with what insta 360 has done with their gear because having it be an all-in-one and it will do both an auto stitch and give you the extra camera so you can tweak it if you want um, but for this we actually used the insta 360 titan which had only been out for a month or so mm-hmm. and we had seen it uh, at nav a few months before the shoot and so we were able to get our hands on one for this um setup and then we just used a basic Sennheiser lob audio kit, and then synced everything in post.
2: What well, I think that you know, for us, so we did notice a noticeable difference in those two cameras. So like yeah. the Insta 360 was great. We can run with it. It's well, both of them are pretty portable, but the size is different. But the quality of the video that we got was, for me, it felt significantly different in the step up. So we were really glad that we ended up running that Titan um, to do the shoot because the clarity, particularly when you're looking at it on like 4K monitors and things like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. really came through with that camera so and then the other trick was which i don't know we you could post an image somewhere it was all the lights that we taped to the to the monopod yeah. that you didn't see in camera mm-hmm. but that we used to make sure that we could see you well and that you looked good and the designers looked good and, right yeah, so yeah we'll
1: I- we'll send you a picture of that behind the scenes because doing those sent the uh they were quasars doing the quasars around the base of the tripod was super important
0: yeah yeah and i remember you guys telling us too like uh just positioning where we were standing like oh you know you're kind of standing right in the middle of the seam you know let's let's position everything it, it was pretty interesting just the how everything was staged uh to make sure that we got the
1: the right angles and the right shot so very well cool. uh, alongside the, the what john was saying with the the um clarity we also from the time that we did our test shoot to the time we were doing use vimeo who is who we used for our backbone had a big upgrade where they went from being able to do 2K to 4K in 360, and, and that makes a big difference because 4K in 360 still means you're basically looking at like a 720 image at any certain point of view. And so it having the Titan have the clearer image captured and then being able to show a higher res image in post, those two things together were really important. Yeah.
2: But I think we had done a lot of tests early on. Like we, we had a couple of big construction jobs that we wanted to capture 360 of. So for us, those were a lot of lessons learned about where those scenes were at, mm-hmm. how close objects could get to the camera and still kind of um, be a reasonable workflow. Like, yes, you could still do it, but it just required a lot more work. So mm-hmm. a lot of the early stuff that we did on construction sites really helped um, kind of shape the way that we were going to go about. And we've been wanting to do narratives with this format for quite some time. And we we attend NAB and CES where we see like, you know, I think Google had, was it, a jump drop, a jump. There's there several models that came out that were really, really expensive at the beginning that we were, really wanted to get our hands on. And so now there's a lot more practical solutions out there yeah. um, to be able to tell a story in this format.
0: And I know you guys did some, you know, some prep work. I mean, you mentioned things you did on, on some construction projects. But for this particular one, how much did you guys need to do prior to filming? I mean, I think you arrived like a day or so before, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, in this, we had the advantage of um, we really knew the design. Because we had been there before. We filmed uh, traditional interviews in the space. Right. We literally had the space in VR, like a fully immersive VR. That's right. So we could even scout uh, from Dallas a facility that was in Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, which was unique. I mean, you wouldn't get that every day. So, yeah, normally we would scout um, maybe a week before the shoot so we would be able to plan it better. Right. But in this case, we just knew this facility so well. And we knew there was all these little unique stories and spaces within the within that space.
0: Right. Yeah, that's right. I remember um, actually doing the virtual walkthrough of the of the 3D model that you guys had built before and then comparing it with the you know what we did with the actual camera was it was really interesting. That was cool. But so I guess typically on, on a on a normal project, it might take a little bit longer to do all the scouting if you haven't been there.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, even the day before walkthrough was more because this was a newer technology. We wanted to make sure that we were going to get all the 360 traditionally i mean that's what, working with brandon and luke our dp uh, they just got so much experience that they can walk into a room and be like all right well this is where we're going to shoot um so those guys require less setup than than i would if i would well do it. <laughs> and we
1: just have less opportunity to set up right i mean like like we've already said a couple of times that there's you're really looking compositionally for the best place to put the camera but you don't get a chance to put lights and do the same kind of tech scout that you would normally do because you'll see it Mm
2: -hmm. well i think on that too is we really wanted to choreograph the movements like yeah it because we were in 360 if we weren't turning the viewer and asking them to move with you or to Mm -hmm. look at something then there was really no point in doing that medium so that was probably part of the planning process is like okay how do we get how do we get you from this point to this point so that the viewer tracks with you and then how do we frame something behind you so that there's a reason to turn and look at that?
0: Right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I remember you guys giving me cues about that while we were in the space like, and we were talking about certain, uh, you know, there's a huge trellis that ran, you know, across the whole showroom and kind of pointing in that direction just to get people to, yeah, interact with the space. So that was cool. What do you guys think was was like probably the most challenging part of doing that shoot or the most fun and exciting? I mean, all, all of it was cool, but... <laughs> What was your perspective? I,
1: I think even, John, I, I don't know if you would agree with this, but I think one of the most challenging parts was actually finding ways to hide the lights because that was that was something we had tested a little bit. But when we got out there, we didn't realize because that space has so much glass, we didn't realize how much we were actually going to have to light it. So hiding that and making sure that it, it was something that the viewer wasn't distracted by how dark, right? It was still something that was lit and you could see well but not detracting from the experience was was one of the challenges.
2: Well, and we got lucky that the weather was actually bad. Yeah, which it sounds, sounds yeah, weird. But... but, you know, normally if you're shooting inside with outside, it's really hard to get the exposure balance. But we just got lucky and it was really cloudy and rainy. So that was a problem that we didn't really have to solve.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, for me, what was exciting is just hearing all the little backstories, like kind of like what we're doing now. Yeah. In the design, like to see and hear the designer talk about the influences like, Oh, they went through the shop and found this piece of wood. And, and so that became part of the story within that hearing that stuff for me is really exciting. And you know, it's, you just like, you can appreciate the space without it, but you appreciate it so much more when you can hear those stories behind like what was the intent or the purpose of the design. So Mm -hmm. getting to hang out with the designers is always cool and and hear why they did something. And for me,
0: Right. Yeah. And it was fun too, just some of the outtakes and, uh, and staging the kitchen, you know, having some wine. I mean, that was definitely, <laughs> that, that was That's fun. That's a very unusual
2: thing for, <laughs> for us anyway.
0: Yeah. We're done. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And no, it was a great experience. I, I, I totally had fun with it and it's not, you know, film isn't something I do a whole lot of, but, uh, you, you guys definitely made it easy for me. You know, so as far as like VR experiences like this, I mean, do you guys sense that this is going to be sort of the primary way people are, can experience design projects moving forward. I mean, I I, I kind of sense it is, but I mean, you guys are the experts.
2: Yes, and no, I think you know what we're seeing right now is a lot more AR. So some of the things that I'm excited about that is coming up for us, or we're doing that, where it's really a merger of, um, you know, maybe like when you move in, when you walk into a space, there's somebody there telling you about the design that's not really there, right? That's just virtually there that you can see within the space. So I think, there, I think you're going to see a lot of that. And then the adoption rate of the technology will always be, you know, as the headsets get easier to use, get more cord free, um, then that's going to really allow more people to do it. So I think as we see that adoption rate change, then, then you're really going to have the ability to tell more stories this way versus now where, you know, most of your viewers are probably going to watch it on their laptop or on a screen and, and still get a experience, but it's not the same experience.
1: I right. think there'll also be the. I think there's. There more and more is coming out with VR 360 3D. So it having instead of having it, you know, instead of having eight cameras on a 360, you have sixteen cameras, and it's mimicking having two eyes. So that when you're in the experience, it's almost like you're able to look around things, right. instead of it being just a flat 360. That's something that there's. You're able to do it actually now in a 180 pretty easily and it Mm -hmm. won't be long before that'll be a 360 and that that'll be another kind of fun leap forward because especially with everything going on with the pandemic people are looking for ways to experience buildings even in practical sense of doing punch lists without having to have 15 people go out to the site at once you know right and so being able to find uh, like so many different trends and technologies COVID's really been a catalyst to kind of propel them forward especially in the digital space so I think that's we're going to see that kind of start to take off too. Mm-hmm.
0: Mark, did you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I was just saying we, we've we been using this technology for quite a few years and are big proponents of it. So um, we're always trying to push it forward and and hope that people do adopt it. I think that's something we look forward to. Yeah, yeah, me too, for sure. Because I know when we decided to do this, it was really exciting. And I um, mean, just from the publishing side of, of things, you know, showing spaces in two dimensions and now kind of bringing that to 3D uh, was, was really exciting for us. And I hope we can do more of that. But, um, but what about, what about you guys? Like what's next for Corrigan's media lab? What are you guys working on? Or, or, or do you, do you have plans for?
2: So the probably the biggest thing we're not, we can talk generally about, but we can't talk specifically. Uh, it's a big international, uh, competition for an airport. Um, and just the design and concept is, uh, it's a, Radical shift, maybe the wrong word, but it's definitely a shift in thinking from the way airports have been for the last 50, 60 years. And this is kind of a new way of thinking about it, and and adapting to the new technology that's coming down. So if EV come around, um, things like that. So that's been a really exciting project for us uh, to get to work on, is to kind of really be thinking about what the future looks like 50 years from now, as far as transportation goes and aviation. Um and then for us it's like pulling out all the bells and whistles. So there's VR experience, there's AR experience, there's video, mm-hmm. there's uh illustrations, and so that's been um and it's still ongoing, but that's been a that's been pretty exciting for me. And then I think Brandon can talk about our square episodes, which I think has been a big year.
1: So that's been that's been kind of fun. Uh, and I was even able to pick your brain a while back, Robert, so I appreciate that. But we've been doing uh, video podcast. We're hosting a lot of different kind of architectural industry, um, people, but also it's been really fun because we've had different people outside of architecture. So futurists and doctors and psychologists talking about how those fields overlap and, and different elements of that and how we can, I mean, we've got one episode coming up on olfactory, which is like how smell affects design and with certain smells, you can actually make a space feel bigger, smaller, more comforting, you know. You can use it wow. for wayfinding. It's uh, there's a lot of different, really kind of cool ways that technology is being used. And then one other thing we're we're actually finding a lot of of uh, work in is with conferences, especially those conferences where you know we went to and and found the the equipment that we were using for this shoot. Um, people, especially big convention and exhibitor companies, are looking for more and more ways to do it digitally, but Take it beyond just a Zoom call, right? Take right. it into something that people can experience and can be a profit center and all that. And so we're able to, um, to partner with some of those companies to kind of ideate what those ideas are and, and figure out what maybe the next step might be for them. So that's been kind of fun. Yeah.
0: That's really cool. And it's going to be exciting to see where all the technology goes. And um, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more of what you guys are are doing and working on. So, well, it's been great talking to you guys as always catching up and uh, I hope we can do it again soon.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Robert. Thanks, Robert. Good to see you.
0: Well, great. Well, for our listeners out there, um, again, the link to view the Mannington Design Center 360 experience is inspire.interiorsandsources.com slash VR. Go check it out and let us know what you think. Uh, that's it for now. Thanks again to my guests, Brandon Carmichael, John Higgs, and Mark Starling. And thanks for tuning in. As always, be well, everyone.